my friends, what follows is the homily I gave at Palm Sunday after the proclamation of the narrative of the Passion. I would encourage you to pause here and to actually read the Passion. This year we proclaim the Gospel from, well, Matthew's Gospel. It's Matthew chapter 26, beginning with uh, verse 14, all the way through chapter 27 verse 66 so it's matthew 26 14 through matthew 27 66. you want to be an a student of course you can read the other readings as well we also read from isaiah 50 verses 4 through 7 proclaimed a beautiful uh, psalm 22 and then also of course from saint paul's letter to the philippians chapter 2 verses 6 through 11. But at least uh, do pause uh, here now and uh, go through and meditate with uh, the Lord's passion uh, in Matthew's gospel. I'll see you on the other side. God bless you. Well, my friends, today's Mass is surely filled with many contrasting images. Of course, we began the Gospel at the entrance of the church and proclaimed Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then we contrasted it with the Gospel we have now just proclaimed. And many of the same crowd shout for him to be crucified. There's also a contrast in the various groups, it seems, of the people present in today's gospel. Those who led Jesus into Jerusalem, they went in front of him. They went in front of him singing his praises, it seems, until while well, they discovered his idea of the way he would be their Messiah was very different, perhaps, than their own. Perhaps they were looking for a Messiah that would come to conquer with military force. They are contrasted, these doubters, by, well, the contrasting image of those that humbly and obediently follow the Lord. They wept as he endured his passion and death. Of course, the Blessed Mother being paramount among them, St. John, of course, uh, Mary Magdalene, and our own St. Veronica. So beautifully, humbly following after him, weeping upon his death. Perhaps, though, there is a third group among the crowd, those who never even noticed him. Too busy, perhaps, with worldly things. But the contrast continues, this contrast of the donkey. Jesus rode in on this donkey, a sign of his victory. For ancient military commanders, as you know, they would ride out in a battle, of course, on these magnificent horses, these war horses, strong and fast and powerful. Yet once victorious, they would return from battle, paraded into the city on a donkey. It's a symbol, a beautiful symbolism of victory that he, this uh, military conqueror, this king, came to bring peace. But our King, our Lord and Savior, came to bring peace so scandalously on the cross instead of through military strength. Jesus' victorious donkey wasn't a victory in the worldly sense. 
For the donkey is also a beautiful sign of humility. Humility, to be humble. He came to serve, not to be served. This donkey was a useful beast of burden, but not a glorious or impressive one. A donkey is low. Christ lowered himself so that we would be raised up. A victory indeed. So many contrasts. Perhaps the greatest contrast is the choice Pilate gave the people. Choose between Jesus and Barabbas. We are offered the same choice today. My friends were offered the same choice every day. For the choice of Barabbas was not accidental. Barabbas was a resistant fighter, a leader of a political gathering. He was therefore a certain kind of messianic figure. Barabbas, Barabbas, means son of the father. In fact, up and through the third century, many of the gospel manuscripts referred to him as Jesus Barabbas, Jesus, son of the father. Surely an alter ego of Jesus, the son of God. The people were given a choice. It's the same choice we are given every single day. Choose Jesus Christ, God made man, truth, beauty, and goodness itself, our Lord and Savior. Or choose Barabbas, the son of the father of lies. We have a choice between the world which leads to destruction or to Jesus, which leads to eternal life. My friends, it is no accident Jesus was crucified outside the city walls to enter into true and everlasting peace, peace that would come through the cross. There is so much suffering in our world today. There is so much suffering in our world. He has already, my friends, endured it for you and for me. But we are called to pick up our own crosses, to do that today, to do that here and now in this Holy Mass, and to follow him. You know, sometimes it does seem that Jesus is silent, like he was with Pilate in today's Gospel. And the evil one, it does seem, this voice of the world is so strong at times. Sometimes it also seems that Jesus' directions are not clear. Said in today's Gospel, go into the city to a certain man. I can tell you I would have needed a lot more direction than that. Yet the evil one prompts us sometimes, his prompts are sometimes so clear and devious. The uh, man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him. But my friends, we ought to be confident. We ought to be humbly confident. Not like Peter was in today's gospel, relying on himself, but humbly confident that we know God is in this. We know of the working of grace in our lives. We know that our spiritual journey, our life plan involves submittal, to surrendering to God, a God of love and mercy. So be humbly confident he is with us, my friends, I assure you. He came to bring peace. He came to bring life and life more abundantly. You know, Pope St. John Paul II in poetry described Jerusalem as the city of meeting, a city of encounter. Jesus wants to encounter each of us 
this week. He wants to encounter each of us in this holiest of weeks. We began our Laticean so long ago on Ash Wednesday, resolved to not be hypocrites. This is the holiest of weeks. Let's enter it with the same intention. How we spend it will say a lot about ourselves, and it will say a lot about our relationship with the Lord. My friends, have a great Holy Week. It will surely be uh, the most unique, uh, please God, uh, Holy Weeks of our lives. May God be praised, of course, in it. Take advantage of the ample opportunities we will still have here at St. Veronica's and please God in your local parishes to go to confession. Take advantage, I know, finally, fine, it has to be on the television or our phones or our computers, but do take advantage of the various liturgies, especially the Triduum and especially the Easter Mass, and take time of prayer and preparation for the Lord is risen, and we will celebrate it, uh, well, perhaps apart, but we will celebrate it nonetheless. Make this a priority. This is truly an opportunistic time. I do feel this. I talk to many people still, and I see this uh, tidal wave of grace, if you will, that is overcoming all the suffering of this world. Bring someone with you this week. Fine, I know we have to do this virtually, but we can still bring others to the Lord. My prayer is that we will not be silent, that we will speak to others of our love of Jesus and his church, that we will speak of God's love and mercy, that we will invite others to participate in this beautiful and holiest of weeks so they too can find peace. Pressed into service, it said in today's gospel. Let us be like Simon of Cyrene, or let us be like Jesus said to go in that first gospel we proclaimed. Help ourselves, help others to be a part of that Easter crowd that was following our Lord in humble confidence. Invite them to make the right choice, the right choice between Jesus and Barabbas, and change the trajectory of their, or perhaps our own life, enabling them, enabling ourselves to truly and more deeply encounter the Lord, to enter more deeply into a personal encounter with Him. My friends, we've got this. We've got this only in Christ through grace. Hosanna to the Son of, God, of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen.